Tov. So what we're going to learn today is from Sefer Chovat HaTalmidim, Students' Obligation. Okay? And this is the only book that the Rebbe, P.S.S. Rebbe, published in his lifetime. Um, and it was directed towards young students, so to speak. But but trust me, if you read it, um, you fall into that category as it well. Directed it was directed towards young students, but we all fall into that category. If you read this far, the Sefer, um, it's really guiding people in the how to really cultivate the qualities of of Odat Hashem, of being an Evet Hashem, of, of, and specifically guiding people towards the path of Chasidut, of serving God in a, in a more um, holistic and expansive way that in, involves the emotions, that involves Avodah um, Baguf, like really doing it and not just uh, thinking about it. Um, but, but the Rebbe is very aware that that's difficult terrain for all of us and uh, we need a lot of guidance. In the back of the Sefer, there's three essays called Shloshama Marim, where the Rebbe is giving slightly more guidance, like the next step to kind of broaden the lens, both conceptually, he's giving more information of where he's coming from in terms of um, the broad view of the teachings of Hasidut and Kabbalah and how that relates to what he's been teaching, and also giving more practical guidance as well. Um, In general, the Rebbe wrote three books with the goal of writing a fourth one, that are stage by stage um, development in spiritual growth and in becoming true uh, Hasidim. So we're going to start. Um, we're going to look at at uh, pieces of the first essay. The first essay is called Eich Lahagot B'Sifrei Chasidut: How to Study Books of Chasidut. Um, most people learn Chasidut and skip this introduction. <laughs> And uh, in my mind, this is, I don't, I don't have the, the title page yet. I'm okay. just starting in the middle. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take selections from, from, from this essay and focus on a specific uh, aspect of it that I think is important. Um, but in general, uh, it's amazing that he's left us this gift of teaching us, learning about how to learn. Bichlal. And what, what does it mean to, to study these books and these, these ideas? So that, that's really what we're going to focus on today. Um, for context, again, I'm, I'm trying to be concise and, and brief just so we can get into the text. The Rebbe opens by speaking about something that is Shkurabafiv, he talks about all the time in all of his fines, which is that the prophetic path did not end with the last prophets, you know, the last book of uh, prophetic books in Tanakh. But he brings the quote from, there's a Gemara in Pesachim where the Chachamim don't know Alacha. And Hillel Zakin says, go out and see what Am Yisrael is doing. They're trying to think, what's the Halacha? They're trying to reason out. And Hillel says, go see what people are doing. Why? Because, they might not be prophets, but they're the children of prophets. And the Rebbe takes that and, and really expands on that, on that idea. What does it mean to be B'nai Nevi'im? So on the one hand, you could say, okay, they're the descendants of ancestors who were prophets, ancestors who had a extremely um, powerful and, and complete kind of dvekut and attachment to God. But the Rebbe goes on, he says, you know, when we use those word B'nai, 
What does it mean to be be? What does it mean when we call someone a ben Torah? Okay, a ben Torah is a phrase for what? Somebody's immersed in Torah. They learn Torah regularly. It's part of their life. You know, what's what's a bar mitzvah? Ben mitzvah, bat mitzvah. It doesn't mean that they're the descendant of. You can make drushas about that. It means that there's somebody who has now carries the the responsibility of mitzvot. A ben olam haba. A ben olam haba is somebody who the place where they belong is olam haba. They they have a, a they inhabit. A ben bayit, you belong here, right? This is where you are. This is where you live. So the Rebbe says, B'nai Nevi'im doesn't just mean who our ancestors are. It means that there is a prophetic quality inherent to who we are. And he, he goes and he quotes also from the, there's, there's parts of uh, Sifrei Nevi'im where they talk about the B'nai Nevi'im in the, in the Navi, in Sefer Shmuel, you see this B'nai Nevi'im are the students the, of, in the, of the prophets. They're not just these descendants of some. It's not just my ancestor was once a very holy person, but it's that somehow even me, even us today, based on what Hillel Zakin said, go and just see what your normal normal Jews are going around doing. That's that's going to teach us the halacha. There's some innate inherent quality that is still attached to that kind of connection with God. So so and and in the Rebbe's vision and in his in his view and he writes us in many places um, explicitly. Hopefully we'll see with time is that the path of both the teachings of Kabbalah and, and the path of Hasidut are themselves the continuation of, of the prophetic path of service, service of God that is something that, as we see, it goes beyond um, fulfillment of mitzvot. It goes beyond understanding what to do and doing it. It's something that engages all of the faculties of the person and, and a fully immersive kind of involvement in, in connection with God. So that said, the Rebbe is now teaching us, okay, so how do you learn Sifrei Chasidut? Okay, we're already coming out of those events. This isn't just, an, this, we are, it's just not, it's not just another book. There's some unique kind of teaching and path that we're meant to be following here. So how, how do we approach that? Okay, I'm going to start on, in your pages, it's here in Peydalid, Hinei HaMishnah, the front page I think of you. Okay, Hinei HaMishnah. I'm going to be skipping paragraphs, mm-hmm. okay? Um, we'll see how much we cover in one session. Maybe it'll go to two, but we'll see what we can do. Hinei HaMishnah says in the Mishnah Pirkei Avot, HaMishnah Omeret, Kol Shechokhmatot Merubami Masav, Lamadavar Dome. What a person whose wisdom, whose knowledge, exceeds their deeds, their actions, what are they like? Li'ilan Sha'anafav Merubim, Vishroshav Muatim, Vaharuach Bava Okarto. They are like a tree, who has big, mighty branches, many branches, but very, very weak or very few roots. A, ru- a, a ruach, the wind can come and blow it over. So it's top heavy. <laughs> yeah. Not only is it top heavy, what you see, all the beautiful branches, look how much wisdom there is, look how much a person knows. But if there's no ma'asim, there's no roots, it can be just blown over. In a sense, the Mishnah seems to be saying that a lot of knowledge, knowledge that far exceeds action, or that doesn't have a, a groundedness in the way the person lives and what they're doing, it leaves them unsteady. It leaves them unru- unrooted on some level. It's a disembodied knowledge. Okay? Vinavina Pipashu, the Rebbe says, let's try to understand. Mahi hamidalim dod ba'et chokhmato. So he says, okay, 
So the Mishnah is obviously telling me that there's a goal here, that my action should somehow be in a healthy proportion with my chokhmah, with my wisdom, with my knowledge. So everybody says, how are we supposed to measure this? The question becomes more difficult when we start saying, how is it possible for us to open up books like the Zohar? Open up books like Sifre Chassidut and things that talk about these high and sublime spiritual matters. It's like metaphysics, right? Olamot, Atzilut, Bria, Yetzirah, the different worlds and universes of creation. Are those worlds that we're going to go visit and explore and come to know and inhabit? How is all, why wouldn't we say that all the study of Kabbalah and Chassidut is violating this principle? It's wisdom that has no lived experience, no groundedness to it. You're not doing anything that mirrors that knowledge. However, we know the Rebbe is now starting to develop an answer, and this answer is going to be long. Okay, this is where we're this is where we're headed. Okay, it's known from all of the holy books that a person has the the basic breakdown of the soul, the five components of the soul: nefesh, ruach, neshama, chayichida. This already, by the way, is is found in the Midrash Chazal. Midrash Rabbah, but in the Sifri Kabbalah and Chasidut, it gets expanded much more and fleshed out more. Hanefesh ruach unushama mishachnan beguf adam. The three levels of soul called nefesh, ruach, and neshama. We'll speak about a bit more what these terms are. We're not going to define them right now. Mishachnan beguf adam or mishkanam. The the place where they live, they are, occupy the body. Hanefesh bekaved. The classical, uh, classical approach of Pikabala is that the nefesh, the home, so to speak, of the nefesh, is in the liver. The home of the ruach is in the heart, and the home of the neshama is in the, the mind. Um, I'll speak out for, for a minute, just so we can have a bit more of an understanding of these these different terms. Um, the nefesh is already a very popular word throughout the Chumash, right? Uh, we already see when Hashem breathes life into Adam, Adam chaya. he's a living nefesh. All the animals are called nef- nefesh. Uh, Hashem in, in time of Noah wipes out all nefesh. Um, and later on in the Torah, the nefesh becomes identified with the blood. And where that gets extrapolated or, or how that's understood then in, in the Kabbalistic experiments is that the, the, the quality of soul which is that that animates my physical body all my senses, all my sensory experience all my physical being is animated by what's called the nefesh the way that the blood runs through my body and pumps life through my flesh Chazal is already identifying that as a portion of soul. Okay, there's what is it that's alive within my body? My body itself is not alive. The Rebbe is going to say later, a corpse has all the same 
pieces to it as a living human being. What's the difference? The difference on the, on the most fundamental embodied level is the nefesh. So when, 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 when he says that it's home, it's locus, is, is in the liver, so you think about the liver's function with blood, it, it's mm. in a sense the, the mothership <laughs> where, where the nefesh is pumped through. Okay? But the nef- it's not bound to the liver, but when, when the, the Kabbalists are identifying kind of a main place where we can say it lives in the body, that's, that's how they're d- defining it. We go on to Ruach. What's the word Ruach mean? Spirit. It means wind, right? This is the Ruach is, is in the heart. Okay, you think about wind. Think about heart. I, I would say lungs. But... You'd, say, well, you'd say lungs, perhaps, right? I... But, but the, the beating of the heart in, in correlation with the breath. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and beyond that, if the... He's not saying it right here, but 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 later this farm that this farm that explain flesh out more of these different ideas. The nefesh is is in the most um, fundamental sense has to do with the life of the body. The ruach is already the place where where body is interacting with that which is outside of it. The air comes in and out of me. I'm, I'm I'm interacting with, with that which is around me and surrounds me, and and, uh, and it's oftentimes associated with the world of emotion. You know, even in Lev, we, we associate heart with, with more than just that which keeps my body alive, but already some kind of emotional experience we, we experience both in the way our blood pumps, but also in the beating of our heart. Neshama is in the Moach. Neshama is already... Um, something that touches on awareness, on consciousness. So moach, in a very literal sense, means brain. Right? But we already know that the brain isn't just here, that the brain is, itself runs throughout the body, the you know, neurons that, that spread throughout. So it's the, the conscious, consciousness that lives within us is, is, is named neshama. The ability, again, just to, to summarize the nefesh, which is just the ability to, to experience life as a physical being, is is defined by nefesh, the experience of life as that involves emotion, that involves interaction and um, response to the world around me is is through ruach, and and that which is has to do with awareness, is is called neshama. Okay, and we can understand how these are all parts. Um, these are all body experiences. These are all ex- things that we experience within our our living body. Rabbi goes on about hachaya v'yechida, but then these these. Other levels of soul called Chaya and Yechida. Gdolot uktoshot en harbe migufo They are way beyond and, and vaster than the confines of the body. They, they cannot be enclosed in the body itself. Rather they, they dwell, they rest above and beyond the body. And they surround the body. Okay, he's going to give a much stronger um, image of this in a moment, but he's just laying the groundwork. <clears throat> now, don't think that this means that they are extraneous. Oh, because they, they they're outside of the person, so to speak. Don't think for a moment that these are elements or aspects of soul that are unnecessary. The person doesn't need them because so, they're outside. Yeah? Adoraba, the opposite is true. They are actually primary in terms of the life of that person's soul. The, these portions of soul, that exist beyond the body itself, 
that surround the body, so to speak, and are vaster than what the body contains, are are the primary source of life for this person. And they, they are primary as well to those portions of soul that are within the body. Somebody says, I'm going to give you a example from just our physical reality that will help us understand what this what this means, how this functions. So even though this isn't an, an exact parable, okay? Hamashpech. A funnel. What a funnel. Yeah? Hamashpech sha'ayadav sha'ayadav shofchim mayim v'yayin el hatzluchi. Think about a funnel through which we pour water or wine into a bottle. The only part of the funnel that fits into the bottle is that narrow bottom end of it. But the top of the funnel, the head of the funnel, which is much broader, which is the majority of the funnel, right? You can't use a funnel without that. That's what, what you actually need the funnel for. That's where all the wine or the water is going to be entering in from. It remains above the bottle. Yeah, the wide mouth of the funnel. It's, it's always outside the bottle. So says the Rabbi Kenahor v'hakdusha. So too is the light and holiness. Asher So too in the same way, the light and holiness that that exists within the Ish Yisrael, which is the, the primary essence of the person, it is a supernal, extremely elevated holiness from the highest realms of existence. And it is um, made small, it's diminished. And it's, it goes through processes of processes of tzimtzumim, of constriction and contractions, over and over and over, constricted and constricted, until it gets to the spirit of the B'nai Nevi'im. Again, we said the B'nai Nevi'im, these not only descendants of holy people who were so connected to God, but people who have some kind of trace within them of that connection. But again, it's only a trace. And, and even further um, constricted, and limited to the, to become a, the smallest of sparks to the smallest of sparks of the spirit of the children of prophets, the descendants of prophets who who are in in our generation, us. And that holiness that comes from the highest, most closest place to God and, and enters into us all the way in this generation where we are. The smallest bit, only or only the smallest portion that a body or that each body, according to the degree of its refinement, its zakuto, its tahara, its becoming pure or transparency towards this holiness, only to the, the degree that each body can receive that light and contain that light, that's all that's going to be enclosed, so to speak, in each each and every individual. I'll read a few sentences and then I'll clarify it, okay? 
And it's going to become in that individual the neshama, again, enclosed as the neshama, as the, that portion of soul through that person's consciousness. La ruach bahalev, into the portion of, of ruach in the person's heart. La nefesh bakaveh, to the nefesh in that person's liver, in the blood that f- flows through their bodies. Uh, I'll, I'll speak it out a little bit what the Rebbe's describing here. Rebbe's saying the soul comes from a place above and beyond us and everything that we know comes from the same place that uh, all prophecy comes from. It comes from God, from directly from God. He's going to say this more, more clearly and more forcefully in later paragraphs. But that light, it is a singular light. It's or and kedusha. It's it's the essence of holiness, and it is divine light. It travels, so to speak. <laughs> it is extended and con- con- constricted and diminished to the furthest extent possible until it can enter into my body, your body, our bodies. And based on, to the degree to which each one of us in our lives, in our own physical being, is able to receive God's light, to receive this divine holiness, that light is going to be then, um, it's going to take on the form of those portions of soul within us. It's going to become the neshama in my moach. It's going to become the ruach in my heart, the nefesh in my, in my body and my liver. In a sense, what the Rebbe is describing here is that the light is one light, but it takes on a form that's proportionate and specific to each unique individual's ability to receive it. And not only that, but these portions of soul of nefesh, ruach, neshama are nothing other than different filters through which that light becomes manifest. You understand? Like, so, so the degree to which my moach, my mind, is and consciousness is open to receiving that light, that light's going to become the unique form of my neshama. To the degree to which my ruach, my heart, is open to receiving that light, it's going to become my ruach. To the degree to which my body is, is going to receive light, it's going it's to be again, enclosed in my nefesh. The portions of soul are translations on different levels within the human being of that singular light of God. Kol kli, each vessel, each receptacle. Kfi midat kabalata midazu According to the degree of its um, receptivity, it's going to to embody to to receive this this level of kedusha. Hakaved v'shar kli haguf kli haguf agasim rak chelakatan mekablim v'bahem lenefesh shekocha rak lachiot ataguf. The the liver, the limbs of the body, the kli haguf, the vessel the the vessels of the body, the faculties of the body, which he says are gasim. Gas in a sense means base, but it also is just the body is has clear limits to it. We'll see in contrast to other parts of ourselves, but the body, you, each part of my body, it's, you can see the outlines of it, where it begins, where it ends. It's, it's gas in the sense that it's, it's material. It's here. And its limits are clear. So those more limited parts of myself, which are the, the embodied parts of myself, so they're going to receive God's light in a more limited way. And it's going to be enclosed, that light. It's going to give the clothes of the body to that light, which is going to become nefesh 
in my in my in my liver in my in my blood. The the to the degree to which God, I need you to give life to my body right now. But and the heart is a, is is in in essence a slightly more refined, more um, permeable, even if you will vessel. It's going to receive then a more expansive portion of light. It's going to be transformed into the spirit, into the ruach, into the midot, into all of the qualities of my personality, right? So my personality already, my midot, my characteristics, those are also things that I can detect and, and kind of speak about, but they're not concrete and they're not as limited or defined as my fingers, Right? So you can see, like, it's already a, a broader kli that can hold more light. And the mind, the consciousness, has even greater ability to receive even more. And that, that or, that light of God, is going to become da'at, it's going to become awareness, it's going to become neshama. It's going to be, it's going to put, it's going to enclose God's light in the portion of so-called neshama which is then manifest as awareness and as datakdosha, which is not only stamu, it's our awareness, but it's also our awareness of, of that which is holy. It becomes a, a sense of something godly that exists. And I see the human being from head to toe is, is a funnel. Is a funnel. Above the person, beyond the person, is the primary source of light and holiness. Those levels of so-called Yechida and Chaya. It's like the broad part of the broad mouth of the funnel. It cannot be um, contained and enter into my body because it's such a great and expansive light. And the, the nefesh, nefesh which are, are more limited in their manifestation, those are like the parts of the, of the funnel that enter into my, my bottle, my body. Yeah? You get the image? The image is like this. My body is a bottle. And my soul is a funnel. There's only so much of the funnel that actually fits inside of me. The majority of the funnel is above me. It rests above me. Now, you might say, oh, well, if it's above my body, if it's beyond me, I guess it's not as important as the parts that are actually inside me. The Rebbe says, no, 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 you don't understand. The wine, most of the wine is outside of you. The, the, the wide mouth of the funnel is where you receive everything from in its most expansive state. But it needs to constrict itself in order to fit into the kalium, into the vessels that you are able to receive it through. But it doesn't mean that what's important is the smaller, what's more important is the smaller element, Adaraba. You have something much greater than you that you are connected to, and the process is that it goes through level upon level of constriction until it can be received into the those those more limited parts of yourself but but there's this continuum basically we live on the spectrum where of the limited self and the 
the more and more and more expensive stuff. He'll he'll speak it out a little more now. Okay. I like the way he types, but I often very love to have theoretical Kabbalistic concepts. Like this is symptom. Yeah. Oh. He's just saying this is not symptom about the answer. This yes. is not symptom about. You. Yes, and you're you're in the right track because he's going to get there also to the olamot and the the process of creation and simsumim in in that cosmic view as well. But you're right; he's 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 trying to teach me about me. Okay. Lo rak shemin ayichida v'achaya bilvad kedushot kedushat v'or hayisra matchil. And the Rabbi says, it's not just that the holiness and the light of the soul. Doesn't just begin with the chayin yichida, those portions of soul at the top of the funnel. Yeah? So continue the image. Min olamot hachi el yonim. Af min avinum al keno nimshach v'nishtalshel v'nitztamtsem adya yichida v'chayashelo. Rather, the source of our light, the source of, again, this light is that which, the, the very life of our soul, of our being. The source of our existence, it comes from the highest, most divine realms of existence. Minavinu Malkenu from directly from God. And from there already it travels. So again, these are all these are all just words that we use to try to conceptualize. This isn't a distance. This isn't a travel this isn't a trip to take. But it from there, from that orig, originating source, it becomes mitztamtsem and mishtalshel, unfolds and constricts to be till it reaches the point of Chaya Yechida. Even the Chaya Yechida that gives me life is a extreme degree of contraction from the Divine Source. But since right now what we're speaking about is the individual makeup of each person, so, but so since we're speaking right now about the individual's soul and how it's composed, when we talk about levels of existence of reality beyond, or, or the, in a sense, the source of your soul beyond your your own portion of chayin yichida, there is no individual name given to that. You can't call it Craig's beyond yichida, Adam's beyond yichida. I'll read here and then I'll just explain more what he's saying. Okay. Similarly, in the image of a bottle and a funnel and a barrel of wine. Okay. The funnel... This is the funnel that pertains to this bottle. But the wine in the barrel? The wine in the barrel doesn't pertain to my bottle and my funnel. The, what's the main thing? The main thing is the wine. The ikar. The source. The, what this is all about. It's all about the wine. However, the wine that exists there in the bottle, beyond the funnel, it's not doesn't belong to my particular bottle. That's the wine that gets poured to every, every single bottle in the world. It comes from that barrel. So when I'm, I'm trying to describe the individual soul, the Rebbe is saying, all we're going to speak about is your bottle and the, your funnel till the, till the top, far, highest reach of your funnel. The wine beyond your funnel, that's not yours anymore, so to speak. That's part of the universal all 
source of all. But we're trying to understand where does the individual meet the all. That's at the funnel. That's at Chayi Chida. Hachavit Latzmohu. Right? The, the barrel is its, it's, its own thing. And even the wine, we call it the wine in the barrel. We don't call it the wine that's going to be put in that bottle. Right? It exists beyond the individual. And even the spigot, the spigot on the barrel through which the wine gets poured into the funnel. The tap, yeah, the tap, the spout, whatever. The spout, it belongs to the to the barrel as well. The only thing that that is, so to speak, pertains or belongs to the bottle is the bottle itself and the funnel. It's probably because why? Because why? Why does the funnel belong to the bottle? Because it is shaped to fit that particular bottle. Again, what is this whole mashal trying to say? The what we can speak about on the individual level is nefesh ruach neshama chayechida, even though the light. That's really the essence of all portions of my soul, of each individual soul, comes from something way beyond my individuality and my individuation as a separate entity and being with a name and a soul and a right. My soul comes from a place that's beyond my soul. It's not mine. The essence of that is the substance that I'm composed of is not mine. It doesn't begin with me. It's way beyond me. But the Rebbe says. What we want to describe here and speak about so that we can have some kind of relationship towards it, we're going to talk about the parts that belong to you. Okay, the parts that can be, in a sense, still be called yours, or mitiaches, that can still pertain to your individual being. Where we say, so too, when we're speaking about the individual. And about their own individual soul. Rabbi says now in parentheses, So the, the, the collective soul of the nation, of the people, of the family of Israel, we'll speak about elsewhere. But when we're speaking about the individual's soul, when, when that undifferentiated, not individuated divine light reaches the level of Chayin Yechida, even though those levels of myself are still beyond my body. Right? Remember? They're still the they're still they're more expansive than the confines of, of, of the body's receptivity of its of its kalim. Just like the top of the funnel that's sitting above the bottle. Nonetheless, we can still speak of those levels of soul, of as pertaining to each individual. It's the part of your funnel. It's the part of your soul that it rests above you. It's still in proportion to that individual's, to the, so to speak, shape and composition of that individual's soul. But anything beyond that, we cannot speak of as pertaining to the individual. Yes, we are drawn from it. It is all drawn from something beyond itself. 
but we can't call it anymore in individuals' light, an individual's receptivity of that divine reality. Okay. This is beautiful, Ashan. And in order to help you understand yourself a little more. To, to understand the place from which you have been hewn and your attachment in the higher, vaster realms of existence. We need to expand our conversation about this a little more and speak a bit about the matter of tzimtzum and of the creation of the worlds in general. Like as you already said, right? This is this is speaking of tzimtzum basically on the individual level. The Rebbe's now going to map out that process of the soul's being and how that correlates to creation itself. Okay? However, before we go there, Rabbi says, I want you to know this principle. And again, remember the Rabbi opened this 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 essay is called How to Study Sifrei Chasidut. The Rabbi's giving some instructions right now, so we should listen up. Know this principle. Whether you're studying our words here, Rabbi says, whether you're learning from the Sfarim of our other holy teachers, that speak of of high and supernal concepts. Seek to understand only that which is being taught or spoken about. What they're saying to you right now, that, that's all you should, this is Tirtzel Havin, wants to understand right now. Don't hear one thing and then say, oh, well, what about this thing? And oh, does it make sense with this thing? And all sorts of other spiritual concepts. Right? There's, I don't know, I experience this a lot as a, as a teacher, um, maybe as a student too, which is that we read something and then all of a sudden we want to see how that makes sense and how that fits with something else that we know or something else we heard or something else that we learned. And, um, you know, oftentimes it's like, oh, but what about this? And it says that oh, the Ramban, says, and it's like, Yes, the Ramban says that, but we're talking about this. Uh, the Rebbe is going to speak this out a little more. And mashalom al davar By analogy, imo alef bet. Imagine a child startling alef bet with a child. And the teacher, the malamed has a chumash or a gemara in, in, in their hands. Then they open up and they show the child. This is an alef. This is a bet. The kid wants, wants to know, what, what does it say there? What are all the words? What does it mean? But the teacher, a wise teacher will say, if you learn Aleph Bet, one day you'll also learn how to read all the rest of this. But, it's going to require you to simply, right now, comprehend and take in the individual letters that I'm teaching you. And if you, you rush, and you try to grab this knowledge too quickly, 
you're, you're not even going to come to know the Aleph bet. And your mind is going to be filled with questions and confused kashyas of, and, and, and svarot, all sorts of theories of hevel. They're, they're, they're baseless. Ken gamata. So to us. If we shall merit, then we'll understand more. But for the time being, the Rabbi is saying, just understand what's before you. The eight ata for the, for the time being, for the present moment. Um, especially when it comes to uh, Kabbalistic concepts, right? It's an important principle because what we're talking we're talking about something in in borrowed terms. We're giving language to something that that doesn't really have language. And we, we, we have to, to understand that we're, we're using a language so that we can comprehend one facet of something that is not limited to the way that we're speaking about it. So to, 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 to say one thing and think of one concept and to, to now say, I see the whole system, I understand how this... It's stute. Not only am I not going to understand clearly, but it, it's, it's non, it's, 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 it, it opposes the very essence of what we're trying to, to do here. We're trying to come to touch a degree of comprehension or of, of, of something that, that really isn't confined to these names and to these words that we're using. Ah, but we have to use these words and let's just stay with this one element and this one face of it that we're trying to touch in this moment. In, in, the, in the language of the earlier Mukubalim, um, this is spoken about as arachim. Everything is, an, is in a quality of, of arachim, of measure. Everything we're talking about is within its own measure. It's in the relative scale of what we're talking about right now. And the erech, or the kinui, it's, it's all nicknames. Right? That's a beautiful, like the kinuim of God. God has a lot of nicknames. What's a nickname? You know, it's not the real name. But it's how I, can, how I call you. It's, it's, it's speaking to one part of your existence. Okay, so arachim, kinuim, it's relative measures. So they're saying, you're learning something? Please just stick with that. And try to take it in and understand it. If you're Zoha, so then the next thing you learn, you'll learn. And if the next thing you learn, you'll learn, and, 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 and more of a, pic, a, a larger picture will develop. But don't rush to say, okay, you taught me this. You've, you've taught me the secret of it all. I can unlock the whole. It doesn't work that way. Okay? The Rabbi says, from the time already from Avram Avinu. And through the times of the prophets and the Tanaim, right, we have a Masora, a tradition that stretches from Avram Avinu through the Tanaim, through all the, the Kabbalists. The basic Masora we have is that when, when Hashem created the world, Gamken Tsimtsemoto. Hashem did this through a process of tzimtzum, of limiting reality more and more. Bemadregot Vitzimtsumim Shonim. Through many and various levels and degrees of tzimtzum, of constriction. Kilo Harebriato Lam Shibara Hashem Kehareyasiat Uman Basavadam. Because God's creation of the world 
is not like a human being's creative act. As the Havdiel likes a human being who's who's coming to create something. Hauman Rakit Surat Hadavar Hu What is a craftsman doing? What is a person doing when they're creating craft? They're changing the shape of something. Right? They're not changing the essence of it. They're reshaping it. They're changing its form. A person takes wood, a person takes metal, and they work it into a vessel, into a shape. The person didn't create the tree. They didn't create the building materials, the metal. They changed its form. Right? Even, even our process of, quote-unquote, creating metal. We're extracting things from the earth, and we're refining, and we're, we're taking from things that exist and shaping those materials into something that we create, so to speak. Me'etz pashut shulchan from this tree, this, this simple slat of wood, I've made now a table. Matechet pashut mafteach v'chadome from that chunk of metal, now I made a key. Hava Hashem but Hashem creating the world from absolute nothingness, from not from exist, pre-existing materials. Yeah? What is the basic building block, the building materials that God used to create the world? Or Elohuto. God be from God's own light, God created all, the, all of existence. All material is, is a manifestation, a, emerges from nothing other than within God. It's all from Or Elohuto, from that light of God. Tzimtzem Ubara, and God took that light, uses that God's own light through a process of Tzimtzum, of constricting it, of limiting it, creates worlds, creates things, creates the reality and existence that we know. And all of the earth, all of the earth, all earthly existence, all material existence, all that is, is it's all filled with, with that divinity. As the Baal Shem Tov and his Talmidim taught us the meaning of those words of Melochol Kvodo. What does it mean, Melochol Kvodo? The world is filled with God's kavod, with God's glory. It's not only that within everything that exists, it's not only to say that within everything that exists there is a hidden divine quality that gives it its vitality. Like the, the power to grow that is within plant life. Or the animal force that exists within animal life. That's not all that it means. That there's something godly in every physical thing that exists. Rakgam gufam. Rather, it is that their bodies itself, physical 
form itself. Gam levusham hagas shanu roim umesham shemimbo, including that coarse, again, base material enclosement, manifestation that we can touch and see and relate to and that our bodies are composed of that too is a spark of God's divine light. Because in God's, it's called the Koch HaPele in the Sifri Chasidut, it's a Koch HaPele, it's a wondrous quality. The wonder that something immaterial can become fully materialized. And it's completely concealed from us how this is possible. The whole process is hidden from us. That, that God, God constructed, limited God's own light through, in a sense, all these, these infinite degrees of gufam until that light manifested also as these physical, material, worldly existence that we know. That we are that we see, that we interact with, that we touch. And Hashem's kingship, Hashem's majesty, is rules over all, it pervades all. The entire world, the entire universe, is merely a glimmer of God's light. It is a shining of God's aura. This is the tradition that we speak of, that the tzimtzum, the process of tzimtzum is the process through which a olam mugbal kazeh, a world that has this degree of boundary, of limit, can be created by level of level and process after process of tzimtzum from, from God's light. I just say it in one sense in case we didn't catch it. <laughs> the the what, what the Rebbe just explained here through the through the lens of, of the Bashantov and his and his Tamidim is that the the meaning of the world being created through a process of tzimtzum is not merely that there is something godly or divine hidden in the physical universe that animates it. And again, we're about to speak of, go back to the discussion of the soul. It's not merely that there's a human being and somewhere in that walking physical being, there's some kind of thing called the divine soul or divine image. It is that physical reality itself emerges from the same place that all of reality emerges which is all from Or Hashem Barach, which is all from that divine divine light, divine essence, divine being. The process of Tzimtzu means that all that exists comes from within God and emerges from within God and never leaves that. There's no, there's no true disconnect and there's no um, external materials used. That's, that's the main thing. It's not, it's not like at some point God said, okay, I need some um, clouds of earth here. It doesn't come, nothing comes from anywhere else. 
That is the, the meaning, the, the, the ultimate meaning of the process of tzimtzum being, being the, the mode of creation, is that everything is a tzimtzum of elokut. Everything is, in its current state, a tzimtzum of elokut. It is all a limited form of, divi- of divinity in its particular form, in its particular manifestation, including the body, including physical uh, reality. All of it. Yes, this is this is this is the Hasidut al Yeah, and and then all of the applications of that, or what that looks like in a way of serving God, in a way of 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 prayer, in a way of of feeling, of experience, of it all rests on this. And and this again, the Reb, this is the Rebbe's introductory essay on this, but but in some of his others, for him, he takes the same ideas and expands them much more. We'll get there one day, hopefully too. Okay, we'll go. We'll go at least to the end of the paragraph here. Okay. The This process is This process of tzimtzum of briata olamot of the creation of of existence and all of its myriad levels is the parallel process happens in the manifestation of a person's individual soul of all these levels of soul that we've discussed. That, again, that divine light, that portion of soul, it spreads so much, it extends to such a degree that it spreads throughout a body, physical body, to the point where my toes, my toes themselves are, their existence is, is a product of drawing divine light to, to the degree to that it, that it can appear as toes. Okay? okay? It's chayut. The, 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 that which gives it existence is this same or Elohut that stands behind and within all of creation extended to that degree that it's my toes. You should see my toes, by the way. And you would you'd be... Amazed that, that God can look like that. <laughs> that the Oralokut extends itself so far to the further, furthest limits of my very body. Chayut, Kedushat, Yisrael. This is the entire, this is how the entire body comes into being, comes into existence. It is a furthering an extension of this divine light. Okay, I think that we should save the next piece for next time because it's it's kind of getting into its own into its own realm. I'll just say I'll regalachat, okay? If we're speaking about bodies, we'll speak on one foot. Um, the Rabbi goes on and speaks here. First he speaks out that each individual has then a different composition. It's, yes, it's all from the same divine light. But but again, it's going to be manifest according to my ability to receive it, to my receptivity towards it, to my transparency or permeability of God or toward from God. So so then each soul is going to be different and unique in its unique divine composition. And then he goes on, and, and, and I'm not going to read the, the, till the end of this oath. We'll, we'll pick up next week with Oth Gimel. But in the, in the rest of what, what he does here is just an important introduction for, for the next time we get together, is that 
he he says that these levels of soul from again this is all based on earlier sifrei kabbal and chasidut are mirrored by the olamot of creation. The nefesh is connected; it parallels olam ha'asiyah. But again, the, the the process of creation of the world and of physical reality is a parallel process to the creation of the human being, of the soul and the body. So the nefesh, which is that which enlivens my body, that form of godliness that gives life to my body, it's connected olam ha'asiyah. That, in that process of creation, the ruach, which enlivens my 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 heart, my emotions, the spirit, it's connected olam hayitzira. In, in the process of creation, the the, the neshama, which is um, that which gives existence to my consciousness and my mind, my awareness, is connected olam habriah. The chaya, yichida, those higher levels are connected olam hatzilut. And in kabbalistic system, you have adam kadmon, even a higher fifth level. Um, so you can get into fine points of. Four and five, if you if you really want to be smart, but the Rebbe says we should have ma'isa that's connected to our chokhmah. So again, we're actually going to return to that point in our in the next paragraph. So Rebbe's going to come back and bring this back around to where we all began. What does it mean? Because here we are talking about things that seem to be way out there, and the Rebbe's beginning to tell us how they're not really way out there. You hear? That those concepts that are, we think are things that exist out there, so to speak, are things that are at the very core of our being, our living, breathing, bodily existence here in this living, breathing, physical universe. That's where we're going to go from here. What it means to encounter those things as a form of learning, as a form of connection to God, um, as a living soul. Okay? Okay.